Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Trusted by 630 Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and uh, more. Digitex.ca. It is Stafford Specter Thursdays in the summer, Tuesdays starting in September. So Speck will rejoin us Tuesday coming out of the uh, Labor Day Classic. Can you phone me Tuesday mornings? So? Uh, yes, yes. Usually I have to remind yeah, you to do good. hits, even though you are grossly overpaid uh, for this uh, feature each week. I love when people use those two words to describe me. Grossly overpaid? Yeah, that's awesome. When people describe you with those two words, things are going good, Bob. Stafford Inspector every Tuesday brought to you by the folks at Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 uh, women and men that are in in the horse racing industry. Speck, you got it. You brought coffee in. So here's the thing. I drink sugar-free Rockstar in a water. I do a one-on-once. It's sort of a mix, okay? In a perfect sugar-free world... Sugar-free Rockstar. In a perfect world, there would be vodka with the sugar-free Rockstar, but I, I'm not actually a big fan of vodka. Uh, but I have one sugar-free Rockstar and one uh, Evian every uh, every day in studio. That's that's sort of my thing. Okay? Yeah, wait a second. You have one Rockstar a day? Is that what you're telling me? No, I have two, but I have one in studio, and then I have one water when I'm in when Man. I do the show here. It's so cold in our broadcast location at Rogers Place yeah, that you should start drinking coffee. Well, that's where I'm going next. If when I drink coffee, I got a Bailey's with it. Okay, <laughs> and so when you bring in coffee in here, like, is it bad that your 14 year old daughter knows how to pour you a Bailey's and coffee? No, no, I that, that's, I'm just, I'm just helping her get transition into the real world yeah, down the road. Need a job in, uh, in a, you know. Actually, she turned 15 at on Club Malibu one day pouring drinks, Bob. There's no chance. <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned Pub 1905 already. Dan Baker uh, ran Club Malibu the morgue for Shiraz Carmali back in the day. So, not that I've ever ventured to any of those uh, Club Malibu locations in and around it. He had cal- I remember going in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more. <laughs> you talking Club Malibu or what? Yeah, I remember going into Club Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk hockey. Let's talk. Uh, we got Jason a bunch. Garrison. Oh, no, just a sec here. You said something. Uh, what do we need to do with Matt Benning? We need to give the kids some time? Well, uh, what I'm not a believer in is ceilings. Like, everyone thinks they know how good guys are going to be. Okay, okay. okay. Right? They always think they know how good guys are going to be. And it's like Darnell Nurse. So do we know how good Oscar Clefbaum is yet? No, we don't. Because he's only 10 months older than Matthew Benning. Here's what I know about Oscar Clefbaum, and the jury's back. When he's healthy, he's pretty good. But the three quarters of the time he's not healthy, he doesn't help you enough. That's what we know about him. All right. Um... I'll just remind you that one of the, maybe the first true, who is the first true superstar in hockey? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Define it. Maurice Richard? Newsy Lalonde? You nailed it. Maurice Richard was the first. <laughs> okay, sure. He was hurt all the time in his. Yeah, but I'm sure Gretz was hurt a lot too, but he was Gretz. Connor McDavid played half a season with the Flute. The point is, Ross. The, the, the point is, there were questions back in the '40s on the Rocket because he couldn't stay healthy, and he got he got smarter in time, and you know didn't alter his game that much. Let's just see what happens with Clefbaum, and oh by the way, he's only ten months younger. 
or older than uh, a guy by the name of Matthew Benning. Uh, Ash says, Bob, a Texas on our West Lock 4 text line. Uh, some things never change when you have those rose-colored glasses on for the, the last 10 years from Ash. Um, more texts coming in. Uh, Tim. Tim, this might be, I think Tim might be played in the Western League, just looking at the last name there. Bob, Nurse is today worth $3 million or so in a bridge deal, but I wholly disagree with you on his top end. I believe he'll be a 10-plus goal-scoring, 30-plus point defenseman in a year and will develop into our number two guy. I watched him closely in Penticton, adds Tim, who's got a, either it's him or the same last name as a guy who was a prominent Western Hockey League player back in the day. Um... This text comes in from Mark Darnell Nurse is not a top uh, is not a top for defenseman. He lacks the hockey intelligence to play in the top floor. He has the athletic ability, but his judgment continuously comes into question. That text comes to us from Mark. So there's two guys with completely different perspectives on Darnell Nurse. That's fair. These are predictions, and that's fair. Predictions aren't always the same. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. Out of Grand Prairie, I 100 percent believe Clefbaum can be a number one D man. He hasn't been yet, but can be. I also believe. Larson is a good uh, partner for a number one D-man, as you're going to get. Two issues with Clefbaum. He has a, a connective immune issue that hasn't been dealt with. Hmm. And he seems off on the mental side. I believe both can be fixed in time. Nurse is a perfect four. He still needs that pure number three offensive uh, defense partner to play with. Okay. And Bouchard and Bear could be that guy. Uh, just like Barry, usually uh, guys like this lack a bit defensively. Okay, I'll go throw one at you, Bob. Okay, go for it. Why can't Darnell Nurse, uh, if he was furnished with a uh, a partner that was a real good offensive player, yeah. why can't he be Brent Seabrook one day? Not next year, but one day. Right, Brent Seabrook never scored more than 10. Uh, only once did he score more than 10 goals. Yeah, He was generally a 35 to... 38-point guy. I had a couple good years. Okay, and we would agree that Brent Seabrook was definitely a number two NHL defenseman, right? Yeah, but he played Except, next to Duncan Keith. Who was the number who legit was, number one? Legit number one. Why couldn't Darnell Nurse be that guy? Okay. Why couldn't he? I agree. Right. I think he can be that Why guy. He? But that I, is, it is incumbent that he gets a number one to play with. I, I what it, it, With Maybe Darnell, what, what, what I see with Darnell is a bridge for two years. I, I will tell you this right now. If he gets to the point where he's 13 to 15 goals in a year and and 40-plus points, he's going to be in the $5.5 million range in his next deal. Right. right? Would you disagree with that? No, no, not at all, especially where salaries are going. One thing about Darnell, he works hard. There's no question he has the ability to transport the puck. He needs to work on transitioning the puck. Mm-hmm. And blue line in, no one's going to ever mistake him from Kevin Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. But uh, from his own... Uh, from the opposition blue line back, you'd rather have Darnell Nurse than Kevin Shattenkirk. So, oh. so I'm not dissing Darnell Nurse. What I'm saying is, for now, I'd only bridge him, and it might behoove his agent that he is only bridge. In fact, I I, everybody's probably in agreement about a bridge. It's just a question of the number. Let's yep. get. I mean, I want to say that he's a very, you know, he's a young player. He's got all he's, his best he's, years ahead of him. He's part of the long-term leadership core of the team. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse. Yeah. Those three guys, they're all, I mean, McDavid, obviously, generational. Dreisaitl and Nurse are both big. Nurse is, or uh, Dreisaitl is immensely, I don't know if Leon knows how good he is yet. Well, he's a young guy. Right. How old's Leon? 23 this year? Uh, well, he was a uh, 14 draft, which would yeah. be, so he's born in uh, 06. 
Is that right? No, no, uh, 96. Whatever. How old is he? 22. 22 turning 23 because he was a late born. Yeah. I think he was born in 95, actually. He turns 23 this year. Darnell Nurse is 23. He hasn't. He's played 197 games, has not played 200 yet. And what's the Dale Talon role? I think it's 250, isn't it? 300. 300, 300 games. For him? You don't know what you got with a defenseman until 300 right. games and, in the league. And so I've got all day. In fact, I think it will be a lot of fun to watch these guys in a little bit of their second phase, right? They're not kids now. They've been around yeah. a little bit. Now there's still a ton of room for both guys. And to they've better. been humbled. And they've been humbled. There's right, options. because yeah. they were supposed to be, all right, you take on a little bit more, and things did not go the way it needed yep. to go. You can text us at 630-630, and you don't have to agree with me, or you don't have to agree with Spec. Uh, that's kind of how it works. It's okay. We're comfortable reading the nasty ones, too. Now, there's another factor in this for me. Before, it, Bob. before we get to sort of the bit part, and no disrespect to the players, you know, guys coming in on PTOs, but to the, the nuts and bolts of it. So we talked a bit about, okay, so in, in Connor McDavid's case, amazing year, 108 points, 31st in the league in the power play. Yeah. Imagine what happens if he ever has a prolific year on the power play. Well, most even strength points of a player this century. Right. Not bad. Right? Pretty good. That's been some good players so far this century. <laughs> Way to go out the limb. <laughs> he had more even strength points than any of them last year. Yeah. Give him a decent power play. Give him a, the 12th best power play in the league. And uh, what happens? By the way, they were 12th. Remember when you wrote a piece, uh, you were covering the Western Final, the Eskimos were down in Calgary, and you went down on the Friday, and uh, McDavid was not at practice on Friday. Team flew to Dallas. Connor was, uh, we found out after, was quite ill, played in Dallas on Saturday, and he, I think he had three points but went minus three. And uh, anyhow, Gave the po- some key pucks away. Yep. I gave him crap for it. You, you crapped on him. I was yep. going to use a different word there. Yep. Uh, anyhow, because... Uh, that's, you know, kill a young. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the point I'm making, the power play was 12th in the league after that game. Okay. 12th. Finished 31st. November 15th, the power play was 12th in the NHL. Well, small sample size. In Shows you how much it struggled the rest of the way. Yes. We are going to talk special teams and potential turnaround there and what it could mean. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then we'll talk about some of the later moves that the Oilers have made in the summer when we return on Oilers Now with Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. One seventeen in Edmonton. Uh, this text comes in and it says, Bob, uh, from James, the Oilers should sign Nurse five years at $4.2 million. No way the agent would take that money on a five-year deal. Would not happen. And frankly, the orders would want to get them done on a longer deal than that. The orders would sign that contract right now, but the player won't. Hey, Bob, when are Pareko and Taylor Hall coming to Edmonton? From Jay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at orders now, email us orders now at 630chat.com. I will say this, Taylor Hall will be able to pick and choose where he goes. Yeah, there's a, an interesting, Mike Trakos in Post Media wrote an interesting piece today, and, and we always, Toronto guys always give Tavares and Leaf 
acquisitions are probably more credit than they're due, but the thrust of the story was that Usually in hockey, UFAs don't go anywhere. They sign with their own teams. But he named a big crop of guys coming up. Yeah. He thinks might, you know, Sagan? has watched what happened. Tyler Sagan. Tyler. Right. Sagan's not happy with what's going on in Dallas. Pacioretty's not happy with what's going yep. on in Montreal. Uh, I wonder if hockey will get to the place where guys just don't always sign with their old team. How about building super teams like the NBA? Well, you can't because it's a cap. Hmm? Well. You could have... Well, imagine if Hall and Sagan ended up in the same place. But the point is, they're both going somewhere. They both want ten and a half million bucks. Uh, now what? Could Hall come back here? He's not coming back here. Could Hall come back oh, here? The others love him. He's a hell of a player. But I'm telling you right now, Tater Hall's not coming back here. There's an old word in life. Never say never. Never say never. Did never you, say you, never. you ever see Mike Comrie coming back to Edmonton or Ryan Smith? Wow, it was totally different, Bob. Okay. Totally different. Come what? on, Smitty. It wasn't the same thing. <laughs> One nineteen in Edmonton. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. Uh, I just threw that out there just to have some fun because that's what talk radio is about. Mm. All right, the impact of coaching. So, Mark, I'm going to shoot you some quick numbers. Okay, let's hear them. So, in the 2016-17 season, which was seen as a pretty good year by Edmonton, I think they finished eighth in offense, eighth in defense. So, goals for, goals against. Uh, moving up from twenty seventh in defense to eighth. Moving up from twenty fifth in offense to eighth. Okay. Okay. Their power play uh, was second in the NHL from December 1st on that year, finished fifth overall. Highest power play for the Oilers percentage-wise since the mid-1980s. Okay. Pretty good, right? Yep. Penalty killing. To start the year, Cam Talbot had an unbelievable save percentage uh, on the PK. Mm -hmm. And until the end of November, which coincided, ironically enough, right around the time that Anton Lander got sent to the minors, uh, the Oilers' penalty killing was second in the NHL in late November of 2016. Okay. The PK finished 18th that year. In other words, it fell uh, off. It totally uh, plateaued and yeah. fell off for the final four and a half months of the season. Okay. okay. This year, uh, Talbot's save percentage on the PK was in and around 800 until about February. Okay, that ain't good. Okay. Now that's not your best penalty killer. Right. <laughs> and uh, the Oilers were 31st for the majority of the year, including 31st all season at home. We know that. Yes. But they actually moved up after Todd McClellan took over the PK. If you watch practice, you could see who is directing traffic and who is communicating to the players and took that on. Todd took that on starting in February. Talbot's save percentage started to uh, climb considerably in February. The Oilers made a slight alteration. Edmonton and Carolina were two of the teams that got dissected this past year on the PK mm-hmm. that the year before, Carolina had a very good penalty kill under Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Both teams deployed where they'd rotate the forward from the one side over to the other side, following the pass that goes from uh, the offside playmaking quarterback to the defenseman. Yep. Right? And uh, they got dissected and had large uh, tracks of open space on the ice for backdoor one-timers and that sort of thing. Yeah, and that, I think Cam Talbot's, uh, he didn't give the orders enough, you know, real big saves right. last year. There's no question. But that save percentage, to me, was far more to be blamed on easy tapping backdoor goals that no goalie stops. All right. End of the day, the PK, I think, finished 25th or 26th overall. Yeah. Okay. Seventh from the bottom. Okay. And the Oilers' power play, inexplicably, this has never happened, In the and people are tired of hearing this on this show. In the 60-plus year history of power play stats in the NHL, there's never been a scoring champion on the team with the worst power play in the league. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible to do. 
or it shows you right. how truly generational McDavid is that he won the Art Ross Trophy while his team had the worst, and he's on the power play. Right. Let's establish that. Uh, but but all the time. But his power. He, and for me, the question I pose for you is: How much impact will having some completely different sets of eyes coaching the power play? mean moving forward for these MPKs mean so five of the last six years two different organizations for Trent Yanni as a PK coach mm-hmm. top five penalty killing in the league in San Jose and, and Anaheim good five of the last six years okay yeah. two, two different organizations doing. so he knows what he's doing uh, I know it's just junior Rob Brown's already said the reason why Viveros can coach power play is because that's what he did when he played mm-hmm 30-plus percent in Swift the last two years. Yeah, he did a great job in Swift all around last year. Right. right? Won the WHL. And then Gullitson, obviously, is, this, uh, knows what he's doing. And he would he would know, hey, this is what we took away from you guys when we beat you the last couple. So do you think there is a potential impact and improvement from special teams? And it has to get better That's for, for the Oilers to win. If the Oilers are going to win. Yep. Can coaches make that kind of impact? Oh, absolutely, Bob. You know, for sure. It, to me, it's it's adjustments. Like, everybody in the NHL comes out of the gate with their A power play. And, you know, a lot of those stats you just named, the Oilers were somewhere up until November 15th, and then they took a big dive. Yeah. Uh, what happens is the film gets out, the film gets around, you know, a couple different coaches figure out how to beat you. Now, every coach in the league just steals that. Now, everyone knows how to beat you. So... To me, veteran coaches and successful coaches need to be able to quickly transform to a plan B that works. And then probably by about February, there's going to be a bit of a plan C in there. You can't yep. think you're going 82 games with the same PK and the same power play, no chance. And I would suggest the track record of these guys would probably arm them with that those skills. All right, let's go to quick hitters. Uh, does Upshaw make the team? Uh, I'll say Jeez, Two know. of the last three years in on a PTO has got NHL contracts. Yeah, uh, coaches love guys like him. Uh, that's one. Being very familiar with Kyle Brodziak and clearly slotting in as a winger, I could absolutely see a fourth line in Edmonton of Upshaw, Brodziak, and Cassian. Okay. I don't mind that line one bit. And the last thing I'll say is coaches who start the season needing early wins, and the, McClellan is one, uh, tend to trust veteran guys like Scotty Upshaw. What's the pronunciation on Jakob Jarabek again? <laughs> My Czech friend says it's uh, Jarabek. All right, so Jakob Jarabek uh, is, uh, what have you heard on him? Because I will tell you that I was surprised at how positive that signing was uh, out there in, in, the, in, the, in the hockey world. There are a lot of people that really liked that signing and thought, you know what, this guy can be a, he can certainly play as a third-pairing guy. Because I thought a lot of people would say, who, what? Come on, he bounced between Montreal and Washington last year, but there's a lot of guys out there. No, this guy's got a chance. What do you think? Well, I don't. I never got to see him play enough with my own eyes yeah. to give you uh, the kind of uh, evaluation I'd like to give you watching him. So I'm only going to go by the fact that uh, on a very poor defense in Montreal, he couldn't make a dent. And then he went to Washington where he had a Stanley Cup defense, and he was basically, uh, what, seven? He played against Columbus the first two games, and they, they lost, lost both in overtime. Right. He and wasn't he, he, he wasn't a huge game. factor in either game, and then that was it. Then they went yeah. with... Uh, no such thing as a third-pairing defenseman that, that's a huge factor in, in hockey, and let's face it. He's he's supposed to go out there. He's supposed to give me my 16, 17 minutes. I'm supposed to not notice... He's like the, a ref. You're not yeah. supposed to notice like the refs. Ref. You're not... Right? So... You know, sure. Why can't he come in here as a third-pairing guy? Uh, Garrison, what about him? 
Uh, I don't think both of them make it. But, but listen, between... Upshaw and Garrison, who's got the better chance? Upshaw, for All sure. Right, then I feel Between Urabic, Garrison, and Kevin Gravel. Now, Garrison's the only one without a contract. That's three third-pairing defensemen right there. Yeah. And two of them have contracts, and Garrison doesn't. And, I mean, another thing, Upshaw spent the last three years in the NHL, and Garrison spent most of the last season playing for the Rock, Rocky Thompson. Well, and if we're talking the- about defensemen who have good shots, but we're questioning if they can carry themselves defensively during the game, the Oilers already have Ethan Bear. They don't need Jason Garrison. They'd rather have a young guy that they can work with that's going to improve. All right, Mark, we have a minute left. It's the Labor Day Classic. Are you heading down there for sports? Nope. You're not no, sir. You're not working. I will be glued to my television. So will I. I. Yeah, I so will I. I'll even be listening to the pregame show, which will be going on during uh, this show normally on uh, on Monday at noon. So there you have it, because it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. The Eskimos are 6-4. and four. In my mind, they needed to be 8-2 and two to be in a position to really push for first. Uh, the way they've lost a couple of these games on the road, blowing leads in BC and Hamilton has to be concerning. Um, Bobby, they got to beat somebody. Like I like their team too, and I, you know, there's a lot of things I like about the Eskimos. I think they're going to go three and five in their final eight games. Well, by the way, they're, and, and they're then they're, if that happens, they're a nine and nineteen. Yeah, they're in trouble because they haven't beaten very. They haven't won enough games lately, and the last two games they did win were against the Montreal Alouettes. Everybody beats the Montreal Alouettes. They got to beat somebody. Right? they got a real tough schedule here. Show me. If you're good, I think they're good. Show me. Beat somebody that's not named Montreal, and then we'll talk. Who's going to win the NCAA championship? The, uh, the uh, college? Football? Yeah. If I just say Alabama, I'll sound smart. You will. And mask the fact that I really don't know who's any good down there. They've only lost. I hope Ohio State loses. Do you know they've only lost nine games in the last seven years? Yeah. In this day and age. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Four national championships, and they've only lost nine games in the last seven seasons. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I am looking forward. I love the, the quality of the football. Yeah. It's exciting. They throw it a lot. There's lots going on. There's lots of offense. Mistakes. Oh, remember all the points? It, like, when we grew up watching CFL as a kid, it was, it was a higher scoring game, and they opened the offense up in the NFL and totally opened up the offense in NCAA. Yeah. NCAA is a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't, well, I'm honest with you, Bob. I turn on most games, and I can't name a player. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Well, I'm a junkie, you know. I that. watch Ottawa play Toronto, and I barely name a player either. So, <laughs> I don't watch Ottawa play Toronto. I watch the I Eskimo- I watch I the do. Eskimos, and that's it no, when it I comes to the CFL. CFL. Mark, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, hey, uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Have some opinions. I will for sure, my friend. All right, take care. That is Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector, every Tuesday starting in September on Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. More on Kinder Morgan. With Eileen, and when we come back, uh, Ian Herbers to talk uh, a bit about the transition back to the U of A after spending the last three years with the uh, Oilers organization. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.